we uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. By my side, as always, is Chief Engineer Bob. And circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. In this episode, we are going to do a year in review for 2018. So tune in your interrosseters. We're going to kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob to get us started in reviewing 2018. Well, we thought we'd take this into uh, a few different segments, but uh, the first one we figured we'd talk about movies. What movies came out in 2018? So I have a list of uh, sort of the, the major ones. And I'm going to go through them a little bit, and as, uh, some of these aren't worth talking about. Some of them <laughs> we, we covered quite a bit in previous podcasts. So uh, this is kind of our chance to maybe talk about a few that we didn't touch on. Uh, of course, a big release last year, uh, Marvel-wise, we had uh, three films. We had Black Panther, we had Avengers Infinity War, and we had Ant-Man and Wasp. So uh, I think we've, we talked a lot about Infinity War. Yes, And we also Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, what about Black Panther? Uh, do you guys have any thoughts know, looking back now that, uh, now that we're almost a year separated from that? Right. I was going to say, for me... Uh, the year started really with the Black Panther, and what a great film that was, um, introducing uh, more of the mythology around that character, and um, that was just, it, it was visually stunning, the story was tight, it was good. Uh, what did you think, Walker? Well, you know, it's really funny because um, thinking about this whole year, everything that that we'd seen and, and been interested in it, it was like oh yeah black panther was this year there's just right. been so much you know it was but it was all the way back in february so I almost forgot it happened yeah. this year it seems so long ago <laughs> doesn't it though and and of course we didn't start recording and, until um you know later on in the year um, but yeah, you know, uh, Black Panther certainly had a, a huge impact, I think, not just as a movie, but, you know, obviously there was a, a lot of cultural impact, too. Um, right. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that will be interesting to watch as time goes by is how this film influences people, influences, you know, creators, filmmakers, artists, whatever, um, as we move forward. But um, it was really cool to see such a fully realized world that they created with Wakanda. Mm -hmm. um, so that was uh, that was really exciting and having, you know, read Black Panther comics or or followed Black Panther in Fantastic Four or Avengers growing up, it was really neat to see him and his whole kind of like Larry said sort of a mythology brought to the screen. So yeah, that was really exciting and it'll be uh, interesting to see what role he plays in the the Marvel film universe moving forward. It was it was a lot of um, there was a lot of excitement as well as having, you know, we'd, we'd been introduced to Black Widow, obviously, through uh, Iron Man 2 and then Captain America and the Avengers. But you had some very strong female leads in uh, mm. in Black Panther. And sure. that was that was great. I mean, finally, you know, and they're launching that into the first female lead that's going to be in a superhero movie, at least for Marvel. We've already had Wonder Woman uh, through DC, 
uh, Captain Marvel, which will be its own separate podcast, I'm sure, uh, in 2019. Uh, I'll tell you, it was something else to see uh, uh, the Black Panther and then come Avengers Infinity War, he, he suffers from the snap. And I was like, oh, my God, you just introduced him in his own, you know, mythology and film and poof. You know, he was he was part of that uh, snap. So uh, hopefully uh, once the new Avengers movie comes out, uh, somehow, some way, a version of uh, T'Challa will return to the Marvel U. Uh, what do you think, Bob? Well, no, definitely. I think uh, obviously the first movie after the next Avengers movie is Spider-Man and Spider-Man was part of the snap and they already have. Black Panther 2 planned and a few others. So, I mean, obviously that was all for nothing. No, I was <laughs> <laughs> obviously it was just basically uh, they will be brought back one way or another, even if there's a sacrifice to do so. So, yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see where the Marvel Universe goes past uh, the next Avengers. But, um, yeah, there's also some kind of, well, Solo came out. We, we covered that quite extensively with uh, Henry from the uh, Geek Speak show uh, recently, so we don't need to go over that. But uh, yeah, well, there were some others such as uh, you know, yeah, Pacific Rim Uprising, uh, Ready Player One, Rampage. Ready Player One, I, I saw that. I didn't see Rampage and I didn't see... Um, Pacific Rim Uprising? Pacific Rim Uprising, but uh, Ready Player One... Um, it didn't wow me as much as I thought it would. And I was never, you know, I didn't get into the books or anything like that. One of the highlights to me uh, was seeing the Iron Giant um, doing battle out on the screen with all these other genre. I was, I was torn on that one. Yeah. Because I love the Iron Giant. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's cool seeing the Iron Giant in there. However, I did read the book. Oh. And in the book, that whole part, with the Iron Giant, mm -hmm. should have been Ultraman. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in the book, it's Ultraman. So uh, due to, and we can't go into this in one small podcast, but due to uh, legal ramifications and rights battles that have since been cleared up, uh, they couldn't use Ultraman. So they put the Iron Giant in there instead. I read that so, was the same thing with some of the Star Wars. There were going to be Tie Fighters or something. Yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. a lot. I'm, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of rights where you can put something in a book, but you can't put it up on a movie screen. Right. So, um, so yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I enjoyed think, Ready Player One. I did read the book. Uh, the book, obviously, you know, you could always say the book was better, but the book was better. Right. Um, yeah. There's just the so many references in the book that you can't get that many cram it all into a two-hour movie. It would be impossible. But right. Yeah, I thought the book was so much better. I know I read it about a year or two before the the film came out, and like Bob said, there were there were a lot of things that because of the whole book is basically like like if you went and you went to Baskin Robbins and you said, okay, I want you to put together all your flavors of ice cream <laughs> and then put all the toppings and all the sprinkles and all the sauces together and that's what i'm going to eat that's what they did with every reference to every geek and nerd thing you can think of and it's kind of overblown but it was also kind of fun to to read that in the book but then yeah they couldn't get the licensing to all of it and that's why we had like that whole sequence with the shining they just uh, they lost a lot of the the flavor of the book when they went to the movie i think so um, they, they didn't have the rights to cherry garcia they had to stay with uh neapolitan uh 20, yeah, 20, yeah basically flavors. you got that box where you know the vanilla's gone the chocolate's gone and the strawberry's <laughs> still sitting there interesting so, yeah well so uh, uh, sorry bob on to pacific rim did, walker did you see pacific rim uprising yeah i did i, I have to say it was yeah i didn't it's so it's not really even that memorable to me I, I the concept for both pacific rim and the second one is great but i just feel like the execution is not really there bob uh, who all was involved the second one it wasn't the same director it was uh, guillermo was uh, no it was, well guillermo del toro did the first film right and uh he was just i think he was like executive producer on the second one basically uh pacific rim 2 or uprising was produced 
mainly with the Chinese market in mind because most, a lot of the money that was made from the first Pacific Rim was from the Chinese box office. Oh. So they wanted to really gear it towards that. So I think a lot of that is kind of lost over here in America because, uh, you know, sometimes we just don't get it. Between Japan and China, they've had the giant robots around for many, many more years than we have. Some things are kind of taken for granted over there, mm -hmm. but not, you know, that we might not necessarily know here. But if I was going to look at the two films, I would say the first movie, Pacific Rim, was equivalent to like Gundam. The second movie was more like Mazinger Z and the, you know, those type of super robots. More streamlined, mm. you know, a little more personality, et cetera. But basically, again, it was made for the Asian market, but still released over here, of course, because it'll make some money. How did it do over there box office wise? Will there be a Pacific Rim 3? There may be. I mean, a lot of movies, you look at it, and it's like, that's getting a sequel? How's that getting a sequel? That right. bombed. It's like, right. well, no, it made a lot of money in China. Or it made a lot of money in yeah. Indonesia or somewhere. And so it's enough to, uh, to warrant a sequel. Hmm. So well, we'll see what happens in, in the Pacific Rim. It, surpri it surprises me that now that Legendary is doing Kong and Godzilla, and they're pushing it all into one big universe that they haven't, like included Pacific Rim in that. Yeah. But, you know, never know. Maybe that's the next part of it. So anyway, that, that's Pacific Rim for you. What else did we have? We had Deadpool 2. We had uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. Uh, we had Venom. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you want to comment so on Venom? <laughs> I, I rarely leave the theater when I go in to see a movie. I usually can sit through the whole movie, but that was one of those ones where it's, I'm going to go stretch my legs for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took a little leisurely walk and came back and it was like, man, how much longer do we have to sit through? It would just, I don't know. Part of it for me is that Venom without Spider-Man seems relatively, it just seems sort of pointless. Right. But again, you know, I, I don't think that movie's aimed at necessarily the, the comics fan I, I think it's aimed at a completely different audience so that you know there you go uh, yeah I, I i didn't i agree uh, for some reason it did phenomenal box office so maybe we're out of the times jurassic world it, it was just the same story with different killer dinosaurs i mean they did bring yep. back the t-rex and i'm sorry spoiler alert we're, we're what uh, 15 minutes into our podcast, <laughs> we're going to be spoiling these. We're spoiling a bunch of movies. <laughs> yeah, year. we rented. Maybe people should just assume that when they, maybe <laughs> we should just call it Planet 8 Spoiler Podcast. There you go. We rented the thing. We didn't even go to the theaters uh, to see it. And uh, yeah, Deadpool, we went, but it just didn't have, uh, this is going to sound weird, but it didn't have the charm of the first film for me. So, yeah, I, I don't own any of those on DVD. I don't know about Bob and Karen. Well, I, I do only because I didn't see them in the theater and I just went ahead and grabbed the Blu-rays on each one. But, mm. uh, and maybe that's why Venom wasn't as bad because I watched it at home and I guess instead of like walking out and stretching my legs, I could like diddle around on my phone or you know, <laughs> grab a snack or... <laughs> stare at the wall or pet my dog or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I didn't have to sit there and watch the entire thing straight through. But some stuff is better, I think, on the big screen. Some stuff is better when you can uh, divide your attention and watch it at home. But yeah, we also had Incredibles 2, which we covered quite a bit in the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was great. great. Yeah, Into, Into the Spider-Verse, which we covered as well. And Another Aquaman, which, uh, which I have not actually seen Aquaman. So Larry, why don't I, I you take that comment. one? I have seen Aquaman, and I will say that my wife enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I did. Every time uh, Aquaman popped out of the sea without his shirt on. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Black Manta. I've never been a big fan of, of Aquaman per se, but I just love the aesthetics of that villain. And, you know, I wasn't quite sure how they were going to make the helmet work in the movie I'd, I'd read somewhere that they were going to go with that helmet and um i wish 
that uh, although he was in the film, I wish he would have had a bigger part as the as the big bad. And uh, I I won't say more than that because these two haven't seen it. Are you guys I've gonna seen see? It. Oh, you've seen it, Walker. Yeah. yeah, I'm the only one lagging, but you know. Well, yeah, I think Manta's, I'm sure I will probably see it. But go ahead and you know you can spoil. Not not a huge spoil, but I think Manta's gonna have a, a bigger part as the big bad in the second movie. And based on box office numbers, there will be a second movie. Karen, what would you think of uh, of uh, Aquaman? Um, well, I'll say, I will say, uh, as a positive note, I will say that I was impressed that they were able to be so um, uh, faithful to the designs of, of the characters, like you said, with Black Manta, yeah. the fact that, like, Orm... Uh, Aquaman's brother was was called an ocean master at one point and yeah, he, he wore his helmet that he has in the comics and things like that. I really, really still don't like Jason Momoa as Aquabro. <laughs> I just, it just it irritates the crap out of me. I just I, I don't like that kind of he's, he's like he should just be a guy hanging out. They should have done him as Lobo. I think he would have been a great Lobo. Mm. So yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't really work for me. I mean, I don't want to see like as as um, Ted Knight. It's not Ted Knight. Who's that? Oh. <laughs> Ted Knight. Ted Baxter. Ted Baxter. Yeah, Ted Knight. Aquaman. Aquaman. Why why he pronounced it Aquaman? I don't know, but um, I don't want to see you know the Super Friends Aquaman. But I I kind of want to see something more like what I saw in the comics. You know, I just. I don't know. I don't want to see the harpoon hand either. So anyway, but yeah, I just his portrayal of Aquaman. So was Aqualad I, in the movie or not? No. He was not. But he did ride a seahorse at one point. And I found that okay. a little charming. I'll go see it then. That was cool. And uh, there, there were uh, little uh, Easter eggs here and there. Um, so it, it was a fun movie. It was a good popcorn movie. Uh, not the best superhero movie I've ever seen, but it was entertaining. And um, uh, I think that wraps it all over. The Bumblebee just came out Bumblebee, recently, so. haven't seen it. But honorable mention, um, sorry to bother you. Um, probably the only one that Still saw it. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, it's probably on DVD now. Um, Boots Riley uh, was the director of this, and I, I believe it's his original story. Uh, it's uh, based in or set in an alternative reality of the city of Oakland, and um, it. I love movies that start out going in one direction and end in another, and so uh, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil it. You guys have to go out and see it and uh, enjoy it for yourselves. But uh, that was my honorable mention for uh, 2018 films. Well, well, well. Should we move on to TV? On, on, onward to, to television. Mm-hmm. Onward to the little two. Okay. Well, I mean, there's quite a few actual genre shows that either started or continued in 2018. Yes. Of course, you have the CW has The Flash and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and yeah. uh, what else? Oh, and Arrow, of course. And I, that's and where Black I think- Lightning. DC is doing a good job. I really, those shows are cheesy, but I, I enjoy them for the most part. Yeah, I agree with you. Some, somehow, a lot of people think DC's cinematic universe doesn't work that well, but their television universe does work well. Um, and I would be one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> As we established before. I, I think they both work well for me, but yeah, I do... I've loved The Flash since since season one. Uh, Gotham is such a dynamic um, take on Batman's dystopia. Uh, their version of the Penguin to me is fantastic. I can't think of the actor's name. Uh, Supergirl is a lot of fun. Uh, good mm-hmm. representation of um, you know that Superman or Supergirl mythology. Um, there's some cameos of Superman, but uh, overall a good show. Uh, what else is out there for? They had the big crossover episode between the series, or at least between Arrow and Supergirl and the Flash, right. that introduced Batwoman. I, I still have, I, I saw the first one of the crossover, and oh, I, was, I'm in the middle of the second. It was really good this year. 
Okay. It was it was really really good because it's sort of a prelude to Crisis. Okay. All right. So so, so I have to yeah. So the that. interesting thing is that seemed like it was probably the same Gotham just years later, because obviously Gotham takes place while Bruce Wayne is still a teen. Right. So, um, but then again, Gotham's coming back this year, and it's supposed Finally. it's the last final season, and this leading up to the Dark Knight. So it'd be interesting, interesting to see where that goes. Do you guys watch Arrow? I no. watch Flash and Supergirl. I I occasionally watch Arrow, but not that. I could not, not get to really. Follow you know, the it. the problem I had with Arrow is that they're they're trying to do a Batman story without calling him Batman. Yeah. In my opinion, and I just I would agree. You know, I've been to some conventions. The guy's a very charming guy. He's a good actor. Um, there was a lot of fun with him acting against the Flash in this crossover episode. But I just couldn't get it. Same with the, uh, it's not the Guardians of the Universe. Who are they? The uh, uh, Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. I, I can't get into that. <laughs> Obviously, you don't watch that one either. Yeah. <laughs> so, I used uh, to watch it. So let's see. What else, what else was out there? Um, well, we well, had the, Marvel, the uh, what's that? The What about Marvel's now uh, canceled Netflix shows? Well, yeah. You, well, shame. you've got Netflix actually has the Marvel shows, obviously. But two shows that I thought were really good that just came out of nowhere was The Haunting of Hill House and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Saw The Hill House, haven't seen Sabrina. Sabrina's very, you know, it does have some humor in it. Don't expect it to be funny like the TV show was. Yeah. But um, it, was, it was dark, gritty. You know, I'm not usually a big fan of dark and gritty, but uh, it works, you know, and it was, it's almost kind of like, you know, she's kind of the equivalent of like Buffy because in Buffy, you had, Buffy, you had a dark world that, yeah. you know, a somewhat light person was in, although she got dark once in a while and same thing, you know, uh, Sabrina's somewhat light, but she's in a, a dark world where satanic things are happening and all that. And, uh, you know, the first part of the series, they're trying to get her to to sign her name in, ah, spoiler in the devil's alert. book. I, I, I am going to watch it. So. All right, all right. Well, well, yeah. I let you spoil Aquaman for me. Okay, so. I'll, I'll take that devil uh, book <laughs> thing and I'll... Plug uh, your ears. Yeah. And, no. But no, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a good series. Well, let me ask you, have you guys... Walker, have you seen Hill House or Sabrina? Uh, I saw two episodes of Sabrina. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, it was it was interesting. I don't know. I, I might go back to it, but there's just so much stuff on that it, it's kind of it's uh, like if I'm not immediately struck by something, it's kind of hard for me to, to oh keep yeah. up. Well, you know me. I have the rule of three. I go three episodes, you know, let them develop the characters and the story. And then after the third, we'll see what happens. Um, Hill House, though, that was really good. One thing I'll say about Hill House is. It's definitely a series you have to binge on. Yeah, I agree. Because I promised my girlfriend I would not watch it without her. Mm -hmm. And so we were watching like an episode or two a week. Mm -hmm. And just trying to, you know, you've got like their past, their present, right. all kind it's of converging. Yeah. And it's jumping between the two times. And yeah, if you don't remember exactly what happened last week. <laughs> I know. You're totally confused. Yeah, it takes you a while to catch up okay this is this and this is that character just to and this keep is it all straight person. and what happened and uh yeah but i mean if you binge through it i mean it's really good it's got some good i you know i've been watching horror films all my life mm -hmm. and i jumped at a couple parts of those as did i i you know, yeah it's like they did have some good scary moments some thrilling jump out of your seat moments yeah and uh i think they're working on a sequel but interesting um it was definitely definitely a cool show i yeah. would definitely recommend that one well thought out and well well played out. Let me ask you guys, just talking about Marvel and Netflix, did we watch uh, Daredevil Season 3? Oh, yes. No. Uh, I'm so far behind. I just got through the first season of uh, Punisher. Oh, <laughs> that, that was a great uh, show as well, and I'm, I'm very excited for Season 2. But Walker, uh, give me some words on, on Daredevil Season 3. Oh, that, that was fabulous. I, I have to say that... You know, some of the other shows I had felt a little bit let down. Well, obviously, Iron Fist I had felt right. pretty let down by. 
Luke Cage had a lot of high points and some and some low points. Um, Jessica Jones, uh, kind of the same. There were times I felt, you know, it was doing really well. I think my main complaint with some of the Marvel Netflix shows was that I, I kind of felt that they were maybe a few episodes too long that they heard probably that could do. Before. Yeah. But Daredevil was just about perfect. Uh, yeah. that third season was just fabulous. Uh, I mean, they had a great storyline all the way through. Mm-hmm. Of course, they brought back Kingpin and Vincent D'Onofrio is just an Amazing. incredible actor. Right, I agree. The the whole story, it just, it worked. The supporting cast is brilliant. I, I mean, if they have to go out that way, then that was a, a great way to go out. I, I'm sorry to see them go. And again, the best action in any of the, the Marvel series, just brilliantly choreographed action. So, um, right. I could see going back and watching that again easily. And I don't even care about, I mean, this might sound bad. I don't care about Daredevil. Um, <laughs> it's not, he's never been like a favorite character of mine, but it's, it was a really well done uh, story kind of loosely based on the born again uh, story by uh, Frank Miller. So mm. I highly, highly recommend that to anybody. I, I agree wow. with you. And, and it, it's a bummer that that's going to be the last season of daredevil but way to end it on a high note yeah it's better that it ended this season than the second season i'm not saying the second season was bad per se but i think overall it was a weaker story uh i agree than this one there was just too much going on in season two with the punisher and electra and uh you know the hand and and all that stuff but um what else what well we we also of course had uh I think that covered, well, the other Netflix would be Lost in Space. Ah. They did the reboot of Lost in Space, which I'm a huge, huge fan of the original Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. I did not expect this one to be anything like the original Lost in Space. So I think going into it that way, I was able to keep an open mind. And I actually enjoyed it. I thought they did a good job. I thought they had some good twists. I love the way that Dr. Smith became Dr. Smith mm-hmm. without giving away spoilers. The robot could have been better, but overall, I, you know, I, I did enjoy it. What about you, Karen? Uh, I watched a few episodes. I didn't, I haven't finished it yet. It was interesting, but I, yeah, it's you know, Lost in Space. I watched it as a kid. It's it. Star Trek was always you know my main groove. So no. I'm not as huge a Lost in Space fan, but uh, yeah, I, I watched some of it. I thought it was well done. You know, I may go back and finish it out. Yeah, it's funny. I, I told the story before. I don't know if I told on the podcast or not. But when I was a kid, you know, I was a kid when these were first on, right? Because <laughs> I've been on this He's earth many lived years. Lived a long time. So, yeah, I mean, 1966, 67, I was like, you know, six or seven or whatever. And when Cat's Paw came on, mm. the episode of Star Trek Cat's Paw, and Kirk and Spock and McCoy and Scotty go down to the planet. Yeah. And they have the three witches. Yeah. Captain Kirk. Go back. Go back. That scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> and I never watched Star Trek after that. Oh, wow. And I said, screw this. I'm watching Lost in Space. So I, so I didn't get that. Carrot Man, not witches. That's right. <laughs> It's moisture. Give moisture. Me moisture. But, uh, do you know who that actor is? He also portrayed someone in Star Trek. The Tribbles. Cyrano. Cyrano yeah, Jones. That's yeah. Right. Yes. I was thinking of. Uh, He's still picking up Tribbles. Was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one more Netflix series, guys. But I digress. What, what, what uh, series did we that? miss? Stranger Things. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Which I do enjoy, and I'm yes, surprised yes. I did not mention it. But um, yeah, I did, you know they've got two seasons under their belt with a third on the way. Well, mm-hmm. let, let me ask you this before we jump into Stranger Things, Walker. You haven't finished Lost in Space, Bob. Would you watch a season two of Lost in Space? I would. I would. You would. Okay. And, and I didn't finish my thought in the fact that I did get into Star Trek once it hit syndication. Oh, okay. That's I when just, you hit I Star just Trek. Stopped, okay. I just stopped watching it in the original run because it scared the crap I've out of me. I've never seen the rest of Star Trek. <laughs> that's right. I've never seen Star Trek. <laughs> the uh, the episode that freaked me out when I was a kid, and I started it in syndication because there's about a decade or so, maybe nine years between Bob and I, 
was the uh, Rejek. Rejek, 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 I'm going to kill you. It's just, kill, we watched kill, it the other night, uh, my wife and I, and it still freaks me out. But I would watch a second season of, of Lost in Space as well. The robot wasn't as lovable as the original, but it was interesting what they did with the robot and where the robot came from, I thought. Well, yeah, it was definitely a different origin. And, you know, I mean, basically, the robot just danger Will Robinson over and over and right. over. You know, it's like, come on. Well, he endeared himself toward, you know, and yeah. I love you too, Will Robinson, you know. But you got to. Okay. Stranger right, Things, yeah. The Upside Down. <laughs> would you watch a season three, uh, Bob and Karen? I don't yes. care. You would. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I definitely, I, uh, I really enjoyed very it. Very excited yeah. about it. I think that show just goes uh, to the heart of the 80s, you know, the the portrayal. I love that they brought, oh, my God, Samwise Gamgees, what is his name? He's his, uh, John Aston is his father. Sean Aston. Sean Aston, thank you very much. There were the homages to the Goonies, and I thought that was so beautiful when he put the map out on the wall and, you know, was trying to help the kids and, and that was one of the spoiler alert. That was one of the deaths that was hard to to take at the end. At least for me, I was like, no. Um, yeah, I mean the sh- the show definitely. You talk about there's nothing original coming out of Hollywood, but that you know it's pretty pretty darn original. That is, and, and it's not based on anything else. It's like you know its own thing, and uh, hard to compare it really to anything else. Yeah, what do you think, Walker? Oh, yeah. It's it's interesting to watch it and kind of pick out like the influences. Right. You know, you can tell like, oh, they, these guys, they, they read the same books I did or they watched the <laughs> same shows I did, <laughs> you know, but it's fun. And the way they put it together is, you know, it's, a, that, that, it's like that saying there's nothing new under the sun anymore. And it's kind of true, but it's how you put things together, how you <laughs> synthesize it that matters and what they're doing is is really interesting the way they put the characters together and the stories and stuff. So, well yeah, I'm enjoying it. Well, just, well to go, just to go off the rails a bit, another, if you enjoy Stranger Things and the whole <laughs> 80s motif and all that, definitely check out the movie Super 8. If you oh, yeah. Not yeah. Seen that. Same type of thing where they're, they're referencing, it takes place in the 80s, they're referencing Spielberg, a lot of things there. Yeah. Uh, Bright and JJ, and, I think, uh, both worked on that. It was a good, it was a good film. So... I, I think the only other, I mean, there's there's TV shows like Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead, which both of which I think got better uh, in this last season. Uh, Supernatural, which I've been with since season I'm, one. I'm just going to say my man crush of the year is uh, John Dory, Fear the Walking Dead. I give yeah, Fear yeah, such credit good care, good in, in changing the direction that that show was going. Um, losing, you know, their mother and then losing Nick. I mean, those were huge. You, you take in like primary pieces of, of that story, the main characters and doing away with them and taking them in a, d- a different dynamic, introducing John Dory and also Morgan comes over. Well, if, but you, if you look at it, Alicia is the only character there that was in the first season. That's right. Oh, and... Um, Oh, I always forget his name. Alcoholic uh, Strand. Strand was Strand. there, oh, yeah, Strand. right? Because he I'm helps sorry, Nick yeah. out of the, That's the thing. Right. I forgot about Strand. Um, he anyway. was actually one of the better, better characters in there, anyway. But I, um, I yeah, no, I definitely I think that did a whole 180 degree turn mm-hmm. and really kind of saved itself from oblivion. I agree. And, I mean, uh, and they kind of they're doing that with the time jumps in in The Walking Dead. Well and, used uh, time jumps. The last time I saw a time jump that worked so well was in Battlestar Galactica, the reimagined uh-huh. series. They had that one-year time jump. You remember that, Walker? Where Gaius Baltar yeah. became uh, president of the colonies and stuff. Um, but anyway, let us, so, be, before so we move on from TV there's series. There's one TV series, though, yes, that I yes, really want to hear what you guys' opinion is. And I left, that's why I left it for last, Okay, is the Orville. <laughs> I uh, haven't watched it. Wait, not a what? fan of Seth uh, Rogen. No, I Seth. was not a big Seth Rogen fan, but I gave the Orville a chance, and I you thought mean Seth MacFarlane. MacFarlane, Seth yes. MacFarlane. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Seth, I don't like either of but no. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane's okay. Seth Rogen, I have no. No. <laughs> oh yeah, I like Seth Rogen anything, fine. So, Walker, are you watching the Orville? So I watched about. Um, Probably about seven episodes of that first season. Mm-hmm. And I just think 
you know, maybe he should have just started a club for him and his friends to play Next Generation. Because mm. <laughs> it's basically he's just remade Next Generation with a comedy angle. I mean, it it, it it's just I don't know. I just it just feels like. Uh, I don't. It doesn't even feel like an homage to Next Generation. It just feels like he's really sort of ripped off Next Generation, but with much more comedy. I don't know. I I really and it, the tone's so uneven because sometimes it gets really serious, and then it, it then took, there's like poop it and took fart at joke. least half the season before they kind of found their footing. But uh, they've <laughs> had some good episodes. I'm, I'm interested to see what the second season is like, which starts you know or has already started. Be interesting to see where it goes from where it was. And I think it's going to find its own identity at some point. Yeah, I've had a couple of people tell me to give it a try. So I, I, I will give it a try. But, you know, watching something that is an homage to Star Trek as opposed to watching something like Star Trek Discovery. Uh, yes, I, I do pay the monthly fee for CBS, whatever it's called, online. And I I don't know if you guys have watched Discovery. Well, actually, I know Walker's watched Discovery, but I... I love Discovery. I watched about half. Okay. Some people even say the Orville is more original Trek than Discovery, but mm. yeah, I see that argument a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I it's think like it's... which one has the name Star Trek in front of it? I mean, ultimately, <laughs> Par- Paramount and CBS own Star Trek, different parts of it. Right. Uh, you know, you got to get back to that. I, do I think everything in Discovery in the first season? was great and perfectly Star Trek, no. But I don't think the first season of Next Gen was perfect. I don't think the first season of Deep Space Nine was perfect. I mean, you know, these shows, actually, like Bob said, you know, people were trying to find their footing. Right. So, I, I agree. you know. I, I would actually I'm, say, Walker, I, there are some episodes of the first season of Star Trek that were not Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> So. Well, let me ask you guys this. We're going to move forward. Anybody watch Marvel's Agents of Shields? Yes. You do? Of course. Nope. Okay. Well, we'll, I've been we'll with just... it since the beginning, much like Supernatural. Wow, you really stick it out, brother. I'll tell you. I, hey, they lost me after man. the second Season year. 14. We're halfway through season 14. I'm still with it. Wow. And I think so, I stopped at like 9 or 10. Ah, uh, quitter. Oh. <laughs> it just got to be the same thing. One of the brothers had a curse or something they had to deal with, and then every they wouldn't talk to each other, and it just, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I never got into it. Um, all right, next subject. Well, next subject would be people that passed away. On that happy note. <laughs> and here we go. Here we are. Well, ready? all three of us are here, so I think that's a major Amen to that. Amen. Thank God we made it through the year. <laughs> um, yeah, well, obviously the big one would be Stan Lee. Yeah. And we did touch on that. Obviously, we did the special Stan Lee episode after yeah. his path- passing. Douglas Rain passed away. He played the voice of Hal in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, James Karen from Poltergeist. Uh, Scott Wilson, going back to The Walking Dead, he played Herschel. He was also in The Right Stuff. Uh, Gary Kurtz passed away. He was the director of Empire Strikes Back, of course. Peter Donat, who actually played Mulder's supposed father in The X-Files until they did the big reveal of, spoiler, spoiler, the cigarette man being his father. (laughs) Alan Bean, who was the fourth man to walk on the moon and was was also... uh, a pilot who flew Skylab. Mm. Uh, author Harlan Ellison passed away. Uh, one that Larry brought up before the episode, Burt Reynolds. And the only reason we mention him is that he played God in the X-Files in season nine. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Jerry Marin, who was the last of the munchkins from the Lollipop Guild in Wizard of Oz. Mm. He passed away. Tom Wolfe, author, who wrote movies like The Right Stuff. Margot Kidder, who mm. we all know as Lois Lane and yep. in uh, the Superman series, mm-hmm. <laughs> as everyone can debate. Vern Troyer, mini-me, passed away. Stephen Hawking passed away. And didn't yeah. he tell us that uh, 
the earth only had so long to survive now yes we're yeah. like living on gotta watch time, out for ai too according to mr <laughs> that's Hawking. right john gavin who appeared in psycho and was almost cast as bond in diamonds are forever before sean connery came back uh robert dowdell who played Lieutenant Commander Chip Morton on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Ursa K. Le Guin, sci-fi author who is best known for the Earth Sea books. Those are good books. And uh, John Young, who walked on the moon as part of Apollo 16, also piloted the very first space shuttle in 1980, and was the only astronaut to be part of the Gemini, Apollo, and space shuttle programs. So that was kind of the world of entertainment. I know Karen's got some from yeah. uh, the world of comics. Yeah, well, obviously you covered the the biggest one, Stanley, a huge loss to everybody in the comics world. Um, but there were a, a handful of other uh, notable um, deaths this year. I just wanted to mention back in June, we lost Steve Ditko. Um, of course, amazing artist who worked at Marvel, um, and other companies, but probably most notable for being the co-creator of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, uh, had a very distinctive art style, and went on to create other uh, characters at other companies, uh, very influenced by sort of Ayn Rand philosophies, um, and a uh, very reclusive guy, passed away at age 90. Also lost uh, Gary Friedrich, who was... Uh, Interestingly, one of the um, new wave of Marvel writers, he was the second writer hired after Roy Thomas mm. uh, by Stan Lee, worked on Sergeant Fury, but probably most notable for being one of the co-creators of Ghost Rider. Um, also lost Norm Brayfogle. He was an artist on Batman for many years over at DC. And then the one that really... Um, kind of hit me was uh, losing Marie Severin. So Marie Severin mm. uh, was part of, uh, probably best known for being uh, part of the Marvel bullpen in the early days in the 60s, but she actually had a long career. She was the younger sister of artist John Severin, who was known for working for EC and Marvel. Marie followed him to uh, EC. She didn't think she was a good enough artist, but she thought she was a pretty good colorist, and she became sort of the staff colorist at EC and colored uh, the a lot of those early uh, horror and crime comics. She also uh, was a very gifted caricaturist and did a lot of work for Mad. She did over 228 issues of Mad Magazine. Wow. Worked for Marvel, became a colorist and production artist. She also was the artist uh, on Tales to Astonish, where she drew Hulk, and she also drew Doctor Strange for many years. Um, and she drew covers for science fiction magazines like Galaxy. So uh, she had a really uh, amazing career, and uh, you know, it was very notable for a woman to be in comics in the 60s and 70s. So hats off to Marie. Huzzah. Indeed. So I think I, all uh, I had was Bert. So uh, other than <laughs> other than half the universe that uh, at the hand of Thanos and the snap. That's right. Hey, we lived through that, too. <laughs> so uh, I guess okay. finally we were going to take a look ahead. Yes. What we're looking right. forward to in 2019. 2019. Uh, the future. Larry, looking into the future. Looking into the future. What are you looking forward to? I'm excited about a good many things. Um, Star Wars is coming to Disneyland. And uh, ah. I think the crowds will be so... Ginormous. Uh, that I will not visit it in 2019. But the whole... Uh, See, now I thought you would have been like first in line. or You'd be right there with you your know, pass. And the, the honeymoon is in July. We didn't have a honeymoon in November. <laughs> We're going to Greece. I don't know that I could afford uh, season passes to, to Star Wars land, but uh, yeah, one never so you, knows. You're going to see the Parthenon and, and not Star Wars Disneyland. Yes, I'm, I'm going to live real history. And not and, a prefabricated uh, building of yeah. <laughs> some set. Uh, but it's exciting to think that, you know, you can walk around and um, role play. Uh, apparently it's going to be very interactive uh, more so than any other part of the park. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 
Chief Engineer Bob, you got anything looking forward to in the new year? Just to give you a big contrast, my biggest disappointment of 2018 mm -hmm. was the animated Godzilla trilogy. Oh, I agree. That was just trash. I mean, it was the most boring thing you'd ever want to see. I mean, I'm the a kind of guy who loves anything Godzilla. I watch any of the Godzilla movies, whatever. That just bored me to tears. But looking forward to 2019, I am looking forward to Godzilla King of the Monsters from Legendary. The mm -hmm. trailer looks pretty awesome. And uh, the, the monsters all look great. Unfortunately, in the trailer, they don't show a lot of the, uh, the characters and right. the actors. So who knows? There may be a reason why they're hiding that. But <laughs> <laughs> just to see the monsters look the way they do on the big screen, that should be cool. So I'm definitely you know, looking forward to that. I would say, I would say Godzilla. Man, up to the satellite, Karen. Well, I'm really looking forward to the Jean-Luc Picard oh, TV yes, show that we will yes. be getting towards the end of 2019. So even though we don't have a lot of information about it yet, the one thing that really excites me about revisiting, and I'm not going to say Captain Picard because we don't know that he's actually still in Starfleet, but right. revisiting um, the character of Picard is that it's going to take us back to sort of the future or maybe the, the present of the Star Trek timeline rather than keep revisiting the past. I love Discovery, but right. Discovery is set in the past of the Star Trek timeline. I want to go and see what's happening, you know, in sort of the present time of Star Trek. So what happened after Next Generation and what happened after Deep Space Nine and, you know, What's the state of affairs between the Federation and the Klingons and the Romulans and Cardassians and all that stuff? The Dominion. And I, I you know, there's a lot of rich uh, material there for them to mine. And, and so I'm excited to see what we'll uh, find out about that. And I hope they do a great job on it. So, and of course, Discovery is returning. So that'll be fun. Yes, yes. Got, got that uh, to look forward to as well. Is there another, uh, another convention in Las Vegas this year? Oh, yeah. Quite possibly, we will have a Planet 8 presence there. We'll see. <laughs> that was my next question. Are you planning on going? <laughs> One never knows what the future will bring. Stand by for mind control. Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster, Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster, Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic monsters, modern talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster, monster Kid Radio! Well, at this point in time in the podcast, it's time for a sensor sweep, and yours truly uh, has a sensor sweep to share with you. Recently, I was the procurer of a sideshow Infinity Gauntlet put out by uh, the fine folks over at Hot Toys. Now, this is a quarter scale figure, and so it's about 17 centimeters tall. And uh, for those of you that have been around a while, Sideshow used to release these uh, kind of like miniature uh, helmets and shields, and they had Thor's hammer back in the 90s, and they would release some at Comic-Con, and then they'd sell the others online. This Infinity Gauntlet fits in scale-wise perfect uh, with those, uh, those other uh, little statuettes. Uh, it's $99. It's online at Sideshow Collectibles. Uh, it does light up. It makes some sounds. The jewels light up. Um, there's no articulation in the uh, fingers or the thumb. It's just, you know, the gauntlet up on, on a pedestal or a stand. So you can't snap. So you can't snap. 
Um, huh. It does make noise. You know, there's a little touchpad. It'll you know light up the the gems uh, or, or the stones actually uh, pulsate and make uh, sounds and all that good stuff. So if you got some uh, dollars, spare dollars in some your pocket, ducats. that's right. You can go out to Sideshow Collectibles and uh, procure this for yourselves. Uh, we'll be able to post pictures and more information on our uh, webpage. So make sure you guys uh, check that out. Guys, I think that's it. This is bringing us to the end of our podcast. want to thank you listeners. Uh, we had uh, our, our inaugural year starting off as a podcast, and uh, we hope to continue to grow in 2019. So we ask you each and every episode at the end of the episode, make sure you become part of the conversation also Share this uh, podcast with your friends and family and and get them involved. We want to be able to grow this and uh, have you to be uh, a more integral part of the overall Planet 8 experience. So on that note, this concludes this transmission of Planet 8. We want to thank each and every one of our intergalactic audience for listening. As always, be sure to head over to our website, www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com, where you can get more on the episode's topics and uh, the information that we shared with the sensor sweep. For the conversation to continue, please join us over at Twitter at Planet8Cast or on Facebook at facebook.com Planet8Podcast. We look forward to your input and opinions. And until next time, my friends, this is Planet8 signing off and transmission.